Did you hear about the rose that grew from a crack in the concrete? Proving nature's law is wrong, it learned to walk without having feet. Funny it seems, but by keeping its dreams, it learned to breathe fresh air. Long live the rose that grew from concrete, when no one else ever cared. Tupac Shakur, the rose that grew from concrete. Welcome back to Literally Literary. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. In honor of Black History Month, this episode we are beginning our discussion on Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. Today we will be focusing on an overview of the novel, discussing the characters, setting, major themes, and connections we've made. So what you all heard uh, was um, that poem that became uh, now the title uh, emblazoned on the cover of uh, Angie Thomas's prequel to The Hate You Give. And just like Vanessa mentioned, you know, this is all part of uh, our way of honoring Black History Month. Uh, we had a read-in last week for it. And um, um, uh, so I'm, I'm George Gomez and uh, your co-host uh, and uh, EPCC English professor and also um, a board member for Las Americas. Um, and I'll let my uh, co-hosts introduce themselves too and, and their affiliations. Well, okay, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> Always, Vanessa. <laughs> Um, so my name is Vanessa. I am a undergraduate at the University of Texas at El Paso. Um, I'm studying literature. Yeah, I call I call Vanessa the voice of the podcast. You heard her read that awesome poem at the intro of the show. Uh, my name is Richie Marufo. I am a I'm an educator. I teach a variety of writing courses, um, sometimes with the college and and just uh, in, in the community. Uh, I'm involved with all sorts of literary events and projects via Border Senses, and I, I'm the project director of the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, a place where people can come up, show up, sign up, and read their work. Um, and of course, I love podcasts. I love uh, helping produce quite a few, including Literally Literary. So I'm happy to be invited to this literary table. Um, yeah, Concrete Rose, what's up? What's good with Concrete Rose? There's a lot that's good with Concrete Rose. Um, you know, those of us who, those of you who have been with us uh, from the beginning, will remember that we, um, the hit you give was our second or third novel that we that we talked about in this podcast, and so we're really excited to be back uh, with Angie and, um, you know, her prequel. Um, you know, the uh, those of you who who haven't, um, you know, read the the hit you give. Uh, we, you know, just like with any work, right, where there's a codependency there, um, we would highly recommend you all check, check it out first. Um, we also, you can also just maybe listen to our podcast episodes on it. You know, uh, one of the episodes we do talk about the film comparisons. If you're thinking about just, you know, taking that shortcut and just watching the film, um, so you can kind of know what to expect and the differences therein. Nice plug, yeah. nice plug, nice plug. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, what, what, what we all, um, as usual, what were y'all's uh, first impressions uh, with Angie's work just in and of itself? I, I really like her writing style. Um, the way that she, I guess, you can really tell like who these characters are, like just the way that the narrator is describing them. Like, mm. like they feel like real people to me, even like the minor characters, like she really finds a way to like 
you know who these people mm-hmm. are kind of thing. Yeah, uh, totally, totally. Um, I'm, I'm enamored with uh, Angie Thomas's writing style. I think um, it's so fluid. And as you just alluded to, Vanessa, there's a, a realness to it that, you know, I think just translates so, so well to Paige. And, you know, as we've mentioned, it is a prequel. So coming in with the world that she built in The Hate You Give, I just felt like I was revisiting a lot of these, these neighborhoods and places that we've already read and seen if you've, you know, you watch the movie, um, you know, in fact, even, even retroactively, you know, as I, as I was imagining, I was telling you guys before the show and our, our pre-discussion that, you know, as I was reading this in my, in my literary imagine, imagination, uh, as I read it, you know, I cast younger versions of the movie characters mm-hmm. now in my head. Uh, so, so I, you know, uh, I think that, really does well. And uh, you bring up a good question in terms of, of teaching the book. Um, and, and a question a lot of people might have, Jorge, is whether or not this could work as a standalone, yeah. especially teaching it. Um, and, and so obviously, um, it's going to be enhanced by already having read the book. But you know, if you're a teacher, you probably don't want to assign both of them. Uh, and so a good workaround, especially because I think students do react better to like multimedia if you incorporate like them watching the film and then maybe pairing that up with, let's say a podcast, like our podcast episode on it, that'd be pretty cool for the students to experience. And it it wouldn't probably wouldn't overwhelm them. And then I really like this book in particular for the students as as a book to read, but I don't know what your thoughts are on that. You guys. Um, And, and if it does work as a standalone, too much <laughs> no yeah i mean i mean um i, I was just seeing if Vanessa wanted to jump in but um yeah i just want to echo you know everything you said um is exactly what we, exactly what i would say you know um i think um as we've been talking about in this podcast we want to be uh conscious of, of pedagogical strategies right and teaching works in the classroom and especially diversifying the canon as they call it you know, um, of course, you know, we've talked a lot about the canon in this, in this show and, you know, um, there's of course, uh, pros and cons, and I don't think anyone is saying ban the canon, right. There was a big controversy about that, you know, online. And a lot of people went so far as you sent like death threats and slurs, you know, for simply saying that, you know, we should diversify the canon, um, but you know, Angie Thomas is 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 right up there for me as far as um, teachable books that students can get a lot of, out of. Um, and um, you know, in this case, we have a book that is fresh off the press, unlike Kate you give. So, you know, this comes from Balzer Bray, which is from Harper Collins. And uh, if y'all notice the spines, you know, this is. Um, the spines out of you, if y'all had noticed, but, you know, I was putting it there on the bookshelf and um, that same kind of font typeface and uh, spine design, you know, um, goes into Hit You Give and on the come up, which is her second work. Um, so now this is her third novel and uh, also set, you know, in that same universe um, of, um, you know, um, of what they call, you know, the, the garden here, right. Or garden Heights. Um, 
So, you know, uh, I, I like how, you know, she's building that, you know, recurring characters, right? Characters at different stages of their life, just like you would in the canon with someone like Faulkner who has Yaknan Batafa um, or Token, right? So I, I think it's, it's, really, um, it's really neat for a writer to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Angie Thomas herself, you know, like we had talked about in her, um, in, in our first look at her work, um, she was, she grew up as a teen rapper, you know, according to the jacket here and uh, got an MFA, a BFA in creative writing, uh, born and raised in Mississippi. Uh, she's active on social media as well. Um, and uh, this is also available as an audiobook. Um, so, you know, we've talked about some of the, uh, available audiobooks that are kind of unique. Um, but, you know, maybe we could start just kind of, uh, showing, talking a little bit about the, the plot in the first couple chapters. Um, what is it that we have here with the plot and the, and the characters? Um, okay. Yeah. So this, I think you mentioned earlier, takes place in Garden Heights, um, which is the same neighborhood as the Hechugas. But this time we're seeing it through Maverick's perspective, which is Star's father. Um, so you're seeing him when he's like, I guess around the same age as Star that we see in The Hate You Give. Um, but he's obviously dealing with a lot of different right. things than Star is. Yeah, in, in 17 years, right? So, um, so kind, of, um, kind of an interesting... Um, um, look at you know that that past of, of how things got to be where where they are uh but as you were saying richie i think you know you could still look at this novel in isolation and maybe just give a little context for the characters um because of course you know like you're saying right you know teaching is limited and limited in both time and and second and and, and you know what kind of novels can you teach in the first place right a lot of times they they tell you which novels to teach yeah, on top of that, I mean, I remember the hate you gave, uh, the hate you give, um, grew to prominence because it was banned, mm. and um, there, you know, your discussion on on the canon just now, I think uh, it does have the tendency to upset people because I remember there were a lot of conversations about this maybe being replacing something like To Kill a Mockingbird, mm. you know, which for so long had been taught in you know, English high school courses that, you know, would discuss issues of prejudice and, uh, in America. And of course the America we're living in now is very different than mm -hmm. the one in To Kill a Mockingbird, but there are similar issues and very different issues related, related to race. Um, and so this, I think the hate you give, uh, was, I think such a great replacement and, and fit that mode so well that, um, it did get banned in several places for that reason, because a lot of people wanted to teach it. And so, you know, this, I think kind of has that same kind of blueprint where there's a lot of very, um, educational aspects to it. And, um, I think that, you know, alone has so much, you know, aspects that I think a lot of students might relate to. And again, we, we talked about the strengths of her characters and characterizations. Um, I feel like she captures that well 
you know, like kind of some of the struggles and maybe some of the unseen struggles that some high school students go through. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and I think that, you know, it's another reason why I, I think this would be the perfect novel for, you know, even like a freshman lit course. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, you could, they could even pair it, right. You know, they could pair this one, of course, with Doug, or they could pair it, you know, one Doug, one semester, this one, the second semester, or if they do want to do, if they are required to teach mm. or they really like, you know, that, that classic to cut a mockingbird, right. They could do, like you said, you know, a comparison contrast on race as portrayed in that novel, as opposed to this one. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of possibilities um what about the the characters uh so you know we have maverick carter and um you know here he's he's in high school and um you know he he's our protagonist uh but what other characters did y'all want to highlight there's so many um i guess king would be a good one to mention next um so in in this in concrete rose they are like best friends they're both members of the king lords at this point um but king actually got expelled from the high school and then uh i forgot to mention you know but maverick in in doug is um is um you know seven and star's father um, so here, you know, he's barely a father, you know, um, he's still learning the ropes. Um, so like, it, you know, it's still very much a kind of, um, I guess you could call it, you know, a build on Sraman in that regard, right? Because he's a boy becoming a man. Yeah. I mean, so like in contrast, not in contrast, but in addition to, uh, the hate you give, um, and we also mentioned this pre-show is, it's very interesting to to dive into his world, especially as a as a young as a seventeen year old, with these new life changes thrust upon him. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, in the hate you give, we I I feel like he's we just get a different perception of him. Uh, you know he mm-hmm. he's been through a lot, obviously. So I don't know if I want you know no spoilers for that, um, just yet, but. You know, it's it's so great here getting to to learn, see a more vulnerable Maverick and through his thoughts and, um, you know, I guess mentioning the characters, right? Because King also, right? You you kind of see their life paths um, and as they develop. And one thing mm-hmm. that that Thomas does so well is the world around them. Uh, I think she portrays it in such a way that it kind of makes sense that it's embedded into their everyday life. Um, worlds that they've been brought up in uh or as they say it's in their blood um and that's a world they kind of only know so the whole fatherhood thing is is kind of this thing that's thrust upon maverick um early on and uh it's interesting to see how he responds to it and his inner dialogue and the challenges he faces and in terms of characters to kind of go back to that like um we're introduced to to a cast of characters that um are ultimately really supportive of him like his cousin dre you know more of his family obviously his mom uh and his neighbors it's like some of the community like it's the the wyatts mr and mrs wyatt that live next door and of course wyatt 
um, also has a grocery store. So um, lots of world building here as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, you all mentioned King and, and King, you know, those of you who read uh, The Hit You Give will recognize him as the antagonist of that one. So here again, you know, 17 years before that, it's interesting thinking about how, how, like you said, right, they're kind of charting those garden paths of theirs. Um, and so for King, you know, being much younger than he was in that work, um, you can still kind of think about, you know, w what decisions is he going to make that are going to take him to that path? Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the King Lords. I mean, we'll learn a little bit more about, about them. You know, that's the, that's the gang and how they work. And so, uh, you know, we, we put Mav and King next to each other because they're the cousins, but also their fathers had big roles in the gang. Right. In fact, Don was the, the lead, right. The crown, as they say, uh, whereas King's father was like the right hand man and they're, they're both of them had their own path as well. And I think, it's very interesting mentioning on because there's a lot of mentions of like fatherhood. Um, and ultimately we learned that, well, I don't know, we can get into this, I guess, as we discuss it. Right. But I mean, I think that's an, a, a conversation to be had, like the shadows, I guess, of their fathers when it plays how to Mavin King and their path, their own respective paths. Um, and, but I think it's also interesting how the, the, the book starts off with them playing basketball against, the bigger the bigs because that's like the hierarchy of the of the gang you got the big homies <laughs> and the little homies and then the youngins and i think it's interesting that uh at the very beginning of the novel they're getting they're getting whooped yeah by the big homies yeah um, the padawans against the jedi knights exactly i'm gonna i'm gonna call that for now and every time i see star wars <laughs> uh quite <Qui> Jin <laughs> is the big homie <laughs> To you and McGregor's little homie, little homie go. Obi. Um, but yeah, you know, you mentioned their fathers, right? So we have um, we have Big Don Adonis, as as he's called, uh, as his name, I, I should say. Um, and uh, you know, so so he's in prison, and um, you know, so I think um, you know, I think later on we could talk about connections, but I think it is important to kind of have characters that are of course diverse in terms of their race, but also diverse in terms of, you know, their backgrounds, right? And I think just having a character learning about, you know, why is he in prison? How is he doing in prison? And what kind of influence does he have on his family while in prison, right? Now that, you know, prison is of course a form of, of its own form of family separation. Um, and um, so the, there is a little bit to teach as far as that goes. You know, I think if a teacher wanted to look at, you know, the, the carceral system and um, everything that goes with it, um, you know, how does it affect Mav having his father absent essentially, right? Um, but I really like how, you know, the it shows that relationship, how it's strained it is because of the fact that he's in prison at the same time, the influence that he still is able to have on, on math, uh, even behind bars. Hmm. Yeah. Who else we got? What about the big homies, Vanessa? Who, who are some of the big homies we're introduced to early on? 
Sean is one of them. Um, Dre, I think, is another one who is um, Mav's cousin. Um, I think there's another one, right? There's like two more. Yeah, the loud mouth, <laughs> big mouth. Yeah, Peanut. Peanut. peanut yeah, right? pe- P dash nut. Mm-hmm. Um, is there mm. another one? I mean, there's more. Like, there's there are other friends that uh, Mavs like contemporaries, Rico and Junie, as well. Mm. And there's like some some youngins, as they like to say, like the middle schoolers and stuff. But yeah, that's essentially it, right? And and oh, and of course the the OGs, the the mentors, the ones who kind of advise. But we don't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. What about the the woman in in this story? Um, so there's Aisha and Lisa, um, who are both characters in the Hugh as well. Um, Lisa is obviously Star's mom, and then Aisha is Seven and Kenya's mom in the Hugh Um, yeah, and I think for Mav, you know, kind of looking at um. Again, like I think even if you haven't read Hate You Give, you know, you can clearly see how his relationship develops with, you know, with um, with Lisa and, you know, to some degree, I guess you could say Aisha. Um, and, you know, p- part of the, I think that the big issues here is like, you know, um, how is it that being in the gang you know, um, affects you, right? And um, so kind of looking at like the intricacies of, you know, um, there's always this kind of stereotype of of gang violence. And and I think, you know, what Angie has been trying to do since Doug is like show how, you know, they're traps, right? And um, um, how characters try to get out of them. You know, uh, Mav mentions like there's only two ways essentially of doing that. Um, but, um, the, the role that King has, you know, can't be understated here and how he's slowly, but surely kind of trying to, um, you know, pull the strings, right. Um, behind the scenes and, and in front as well of, you know, trying to, um, you know, there's that kind of, you know, um, machismo right that we see embodied with with um with him and with king and you know that certainly kind of um is reified in in um in 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 the in the sequel uh or you know the original um so yeah i think there's a there's a lot of that oh yeah absolutely um i think one of the big running themes you mentioned machismo, but <clears throat> I guess in terms of like mm-hmm. masculinity, what 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 is what are characteristics, maybe both positive and and toxic uh, elements of ma- masculinity, and that, so that's something that's very um, that comes up very very often throughout the book is the question of like are you know you hear the phrase mm-hmm. man up, and what that means you know. Uh, because for Mav, he he knows that he has to quote unquote man up, but I think he's he's fig- he's trying to figure out what that actually means. And um, 
you know, he gets different answers from all the people around him in his community. And I think that's worth exploring in these, in these upcoming episodes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that's a really good point. You know, um, you know, cause man up in the eyes of King, it means go, you know, um, go exact vengeance on this person who killed one of your gang members. Um, of your own, yeah. but man up, you know, as seen in, you know, other supporting characters like Mr. Wyatt, the, the, the shop owner, um, to some extent you could say his dad, um, and, uh, you know, his, his mom, of course, um, is, you know, be, be a good dad. Right. And of course it shouldn't be any surprise, you know, since of course he is a dad and hey, you give, you know, so he's got seven, right. And seven is, is his kid and, and Aisha's, um, but he's doing this as a single dad, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's important, you know, from, um, from a literature perspective that we have more single dads in books um i don't think we i think this might be the first actually now that i think about it from the ones we've covered uh so i mentioned you know mr wyatt um and to me you know he's he's one of my uh, favorite characters in, in the novel and like you said vanessa right there's a lot of characters and so um Maybe we, we each could share our own favorite. Um, but um, yeah, but for me, you know, it, it is Mr. Wyatt, I, I would say. And, um, you know, he's, he's very old school and um, he gives him that opportunity that kind of reminds me of, um, you know, AMP by John, John Updike, you know, just a teenager working at a store, but there's going to be lines drawn where, you know, you still have to be, you learn responsibility. Um, and he's, he's kind of like that, you know, Yoda type character, right? Because he's got these words of wisdom, maybe a little bit, um, like beating a dead horse to some degree. Right. But, um, (laughs) you know, I, I think, um, it's good to have that kind of character in a novel that can, can offer a, a, a positive role model uh, for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Even if at first, like he's just disparaged, right? As like being, you know, too square or whatever. Yeah, of course, Matt was yeah. going to see it like that too. <laughs> what about yours? What about you, Vanessa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Favorite characters? Um, I kind of, mm-hmm. I think I want to say Dre, I, the influence that he has on, um, on Mav is, it's something mm-hmm. that he, I feel like he really needs, um, like even like throughout the novel, um, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but like, just like how he inspires him to be. I guess like a really good father for his kids um, and how he, he really pushes him to like be the best version of himself and like also not get caught up in like, like he also helped him, helps him relax at certain points. Like kind of tells him like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I, I would 
also say Dre. Um, I mean, Wyatt, I think is also like he, he, you know, Maverick, um, these are, and I like them because they're these, these kind of positive male influences in his life because it, uh, mm. early on it's, it's noted in his internal dialogue that Mav is, is just kind of lost that he's about to be a dad and he doesn't have his dad and it's a little overwhelming for him, but he gets a lot mm. of help and, uh, you know, especially from his mom, but, you know, I mentioned uh, the Wyatts, you know, Mrs. Wyatt is able to to watch a baby seven uh, while he, he's finding work with Wyatt. And of course, Wyatt, as I like the, the Yoda <laughs> analog there, right? Just kind of <laughs> dropping some garden <laughs> wisdom. Planting some seeds. Uh, you know, <laughs> pruning, if you would say. Cutting uh, some weeds too. Uh, pruning away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know we can't act like we forgot about Dre. <laughs> nice. And, and, uh, you know, he, he was so, he, you know, he, uh, even though he's also King Lords, um, you know, he, he made sure to protect Mav, you know, and that was his promise to his mother to, to kind of watch over him. And because of that, um, he was, Mav was kind of able to like, not be involved as much of course he wanted to be involved especially because of king's influence uh but you know when mav was thrust on when he of course he becomes a father and he realizes he's the father of, of this baby um dre is like there for him and he's he's kind of the one who forces him to stop selling drugs that's not the life you know mm-hmm. and then it's almost like he's he's being a model for him because he he's he's laying low. He's not going, you know, all the friends give him a hard give them a hard time for not being available, not going out. But you know, it's just a different world and a different responsibility that some of these guys will never understand. But Dre, of course, is is kind of being this figure. And he's helping him out like in that in a way he, no one else has, where he's buying him buying the baby clothes, fresh clothes, right? Sorry, I probably said that a little too loud. Uh, fresh, fresh clothes <laughs> like like sneakers and, and and cool cool stuff, some cool threads and uh, mm-hmm. practical things, you know, as well like carriages, strollers. Um, and then he's he's kind of like a sounding board too, you know. They there's a, some moments where uh, Maverick gets to be real with them. Like on a on an emotional uh, an emotional level, he might not open up to with everyone. Um, might mm. not open up with to everyone. Like, um, and there's that moment where he, you know, he he just he's just he's a new father and he's he's struggling and he's scared and it's something that he can he can share with Drake because to a to a way he can relate, right? And so, yeah, definitely love Dre and. Um, it was set up too nice. I knew, I knew it, and and I guess we'll get into it. But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I'll digress from there for now. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot to say. But no, yeah, and I think you know now that you guys talk more about him, um, he's he's a good foil to King, you know, uh, because King will come in and say and and tell Mav, okay, you should do this or you should come with me and do that, right? And then Dre you know, will come in and say the opposite. Right. Um, so it's, it's really interesting again, in kind of seeing Mav's development as a young kid, teenager, I should say. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he does like you, like you were saying, Richie, he does kind of have 
you know, he's, he's almost like a Dr. Dre in the Latin sense that he's like a teacher to him, you know, and um, he's trying to teach him the, the, how it is that he should conduct himself, how it is that, you know, he should see the world um, as opposed to King, right. Who offers this kind of darkness and, you know, we know he's king, you know, with the whole king lords, but I, I keep thinking of like a king snake, you know, and just this idea of someone who's going to yeah. backstab you and um, entices you with temptation, but you know that you're going to sell your soul in, in, in doing so. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. True. I, I like the way that you, you discuss them as foils because. I think both, like in both their conversations, both of them are, are fronting like this concept of real, right? Big capital R real. Like I'm just being real with you. Um, and, and I think both are realities, but they're both different ways to approach hurdles. Mm -hmm. And because, uh, you know, I, you know, I'll admit there's some, some things that King says that are kind of like, well, okay, I kind of see what he's saying, but I mean... To, again, two very mm -hmm. different approaches, though, between between the two, and uh, God, just um, just being caught up in in that world of violence, you know, it's it's just something that you can't escape sometimes, and uh, we see that, Dre. And so maybe you know that could take us a little bit into the um, the themes of this novel, and uh, I think one that we've been kind of discussing here is uh, the sense of the father. You know whether it's it's Mav's father, like you, or like you said, Vanessa King's father, and how um, parenting, right? You know, and um, how the, the the parents are, you know, have these responsibilities, of course, but there's also the you know the living with the consequences of their actions. Um. And so I think, you know, in that regard, I mean, it's kind of like, um, like, um, like Christmas Carol in a way, right? Because, because of the fact that this is a prequel where we are able to go into the future, right. And, you know, just like Scrooge, right. And so we're able to see where is King going to end up? Where is Mav going to end up? Right. Um, and so you have, you know, almost like a butterfly effect of, of decisions and revisions, whatever you want to call them, right, that MAV takes, but that are largely predicated, like you all said, on Dre, on King, and, um, you know, his father. Um, so there's a lot of that, right? And, and, and that kind of vicious cycle that we see with Baldwin as well and Sonny's Blues of like... Um, are they, are they going to break that cycle? Um, or are they going to continue in that history of violence that, you know, the Garden Heights is kind of, um, you know, becoming infamous for, right? With their rivalry with the, the Garden Disciples and the King Lords. So that to me was one of the, the first themes that popped up. Yeah. Yeah, that. And then I guess the question of like, what kind of father are you going to be? Maverick is thrust into this and and he he's obviously thinking about fatherhood because immediately he starts thinking about his his son's name and it's he's so he's thinking about legacy he doesn't want his son to be named after king 
Um, and he's thinking a lot about himself. So when tying into your relation about sins of the father, <clears throat> he's thinking about him, his son in relation to himself. And so he kind of names himself like after a more perfect version of himself. He wants to name him seven Malcolm, right? Or no, sorry, sorry seven <clears throat> Maverick. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And which uh, would ideally be like a more perfect version of himself. So it's kind of that also, you know, trope that we see always of, of like the parents seeking a better life for their children. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I mean. He's, he's also thinking about now him in the realm of fatherhood and how he's going to be as a father. And it starts all with like how he's imagining his, his child through their name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're on themes now. I guess one of the major themes that I saw was like the notion of gangs, I guess. Like the he kind of breaks it down in a way that like anybody would be able to understand like what's going on like in gangs. Um in the way that there's different levels to it, there's different jobs, there's um I guess different roles, obviously. Um, I think one of the more important things that's like there throughout um, is the way that you, you can't, like once you join, like you're in it for life, which is kind of how Maverick gets, I get, gets to the point where he has to join it because his, his dad was so far in it that like people would have been after him anyway so like this provides is able to like in a sense provide him with more protection um and i like how you know just to kind of riff off that i like how lisa comes in as a character who can um kind of slap him silly from that right and and thinking that no you know i want to be this cool gangster teenager what have you right um and lisa just kind of gives him that um heart to heart right of like you know what are you doing right you're a dad um and you're still in school etc um Mm -hmm. so yeah i i I do like how she comes she comes in as as one of those real characters that you were talking about richie right what does it mean to be real Mm. right to confront the situation you're in and and uh yeah I mean, yeah. So to kind of add, add also to Vanessa's comment uh, about just the, the gang life. I mean, even if you like, because he's born into it, you can't. It's just part of him and his family and his friends too. They're all like, they're all in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in school, uh, he talks about the first day of school when he, when he goes back, and he's already got this this dude hating on him from the rival gang, right? This this kid and um and you know they they do make a point that and i think you already alluded to that line jorge where there's only two ways out you was it you take the you take a fall for another member or mm-hmm. you get beat and you know obviously uh it's also made a point um using an example of of someone who had a a way out via football scholarship and, you know, he chose to get beat out, but, you know, it left him in a coma. And, and ultimately he couldn't pursue that scholarship because it, it, 
you know, left him too, too beat up, um, too broken. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just kind of like the unfortunate part of it. And it's, I can't imagine that kind of lifestyle, kind of the, there's the consistent threat of, of violence around you. Um, because you see it a lot in the book, this, this, this concept of territory of colors, um, and just, you know, getting the wrong people angry. It's always one of the, I think one of the saddest things is, you know, uh, the way we are like that. And, you know, we see Dre be a product of that, that kind of violence because he was just, you know, the wrong territory. Um, it's very enraging. And, and so seeing these characters in this world and, and, and trying to figure, because there's a lot of talk about college as well, right? Because because Lisa wants to, you know, is, is getting ready, thinking about mm. that and her brother Carlos, a.k.a. Carlton, a.k.a. Common, mm. you know, is, is over there. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, so that's definitely relevant all throughout like the world of, of violence and as we see it through the lens of of these these gangs that are all prominent in the communities yeah and then on on the flip side you know like we've been saying i think there's the um, that theme of of um parenting while young and parenting uh while single you know that i had mentioned as a single dad and um i think that kind of overlaps you know with like uh, what you all were saying about, you know, uh, how this novel kind of interrogates that masculinity that, you know, um, are kind of, uh, is kind of, um, foiled, right. With, uh, with Dre and King, um, and, um, you know, how I think, um, like I said, in, in the high school setting, right. You know, talking to kids about, you know, um, we, like they have that exercise right in in Sabrina and Karina where like you have to carry that baby right made of of um sand or whatever it was um flour yeah flour and um sugar oh sugar. well, well sugar babies sugar baby. no I'm, so i'm thinking like in general like it's always like yeah but in in, in the story oh, yeah. yeah sabrina and karina <laughs> sugar yeah <laughs> i felt i felt yeah. i felt scolded <laughs> Yeah, Dennis is our resident fine, fine. fact checker. So <laughs> keep it coming, keep it coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe we could talk about those connections. You know, I I think um, it, it it's if you do separate in Karina, you can you can really get into that um, dynamic. But in this one, you know, it, obviously it's fleshed out a lot more, and um. um you know, you could talk to kids about that, right? And the the um, the the re how how it really is, you know, because of course they can't get a full picture of it just by carrying that sugar baby around, right? Um, we talked about this pre-show as well, but I mean, teen teen pregnancy is is a very real thing, and and a lot of it comes from well, a variety of factors, but I think the the sex education. Um, in a lot of, a lot of schools and school systems can be very, very lacking, you know? Um, and so this as a teaching, just, you know, bringing, reading in a class, I think could be very, very effective. Right. And, 
um, Thomas portrays so well um, a lot of the, yeah, the beauty of obviously like creating a life. There's some very beautiful passages of him um, as a single father experiencing this, 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 these moments, but also like the, the stress and the, and the, the fear of being in charge of a fully human being, human person and their development and um, just having to always be up. And, and I think, you know, there's just a lot of what, what you give up as a parent for your child. Um, and it's and when you're in high school, when you're still developing yourself as, as a person, um, it's, it's pressure, it's stress. So I think she, she portrays, portrays it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what other connections did you all want to make to um, other works of literature or film? I noticed a lot of allusions, of course, in this, in this um, book that, you know, you get a lot of 90s references, right? So, so those of us 90s kids um, will definitely enjoy that. Yeah, I was ready to make a playlist of all the, all the musicians, um, mm. you know, a lot of the bands mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, how many, how many did you know? Did you... Were you like making a playlist? I no, no, I should have. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like when uh, Lisa's posters, do you, you know? Do you who did she, who did she mention? Mm, like Usher yeah. and who else does she have on on mm. her wall? Um, Remember that Mav's jealous of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, you mentioned uh, pop culture. Um, I, I remember him watching Space Jam with uh, Maverick mm. watching Space Jam with Seven, and he's talking about like one of the one of the motivational scenes, and he he wants to make sure that yeah. that Seven is watching with him. <laughs> um, and he talks about yo, yeah. So he talks about Michael Jordan, but he like Kobe comes up a bit too, you know. And I think that's mm. um yes, you know, in addition to just kind of talking about the '90s, there's something very um heavy about. You know, we, we mm -hmm. lost Kobe in 2020 and, you know, so many people uh, looked up to him, not just as an athlete, but as kind of like uh, a leader, as someone who, who was charismatic and, you know, he had his, his, uh, his problems off the court for sure. But, you know, a lot of people talk about Mamba mentality and, and what that entailed and, um, because of that, so many people saw him as a hero. So to read about him just starting up with the Lakers kind of hit a different way. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, because, he, you know, they talk about Kobe a couple of times, like, yeah, he's going to win some championships. And it's just reading it in the future in 2021, you know, after his, his tragedy with him and his daughter, like that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that felt a little heavy. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, the, the Black Mamba philosophy um, is interesting to think about in relation to the, you know, Tupac's philosophy, which we we get a hold of in The Hate You Give, right? And here it's kind of the, the in a novel that is split into four sections, right? We get the germination, we get the growth, we get the, um, I forget what part three is called. <laughs> um, mm, thank you. Dormant. Fact checker. <laughs> Um, and then the, the bud, right. in the last part. So I, I really like that kind of, um, yeah. you know, that structure I think really works out well. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, just kind of a continuation of that Tupac philosophy of life. Yeah. I mean, it's, isn't it like, it's like the mm-hmm. best version of yourself, which I think is again, tying into uh, naming mm-hmm. his son seven, you know, in relation to him being the mm-hmm. best version of like him. Wow. Yeah. I'm just barely kind of making that connection of, of that. Um, but yeah, uh, then bring up, he brings up Tupac too, right? Yeah. In terms of naming seven, for sure. Because all of the, mm-hmm. all of the, he does some numerology here, right? And when was that album released? <laughs> and you know, what year yeah. was it? And what, like, and if you add them up, <laughs> what do you get? Seven, you know? And, and so I think, I think it's really cool, like to, to have that kind of um, mm-hmm. curiosity in life. At lead, like that's the kind of curios- curiosity that leads to to creativity that leads to uh, a type of depth spiritual depth creative depth and in this case right he's he's so interested in what that stuff actually means that he he researches it so he's got that intellectual curiosity right that we've talked about before of of like he knows things you know, he loves his literature classes and knows about history he knows about Tupac's like kind of um, past and his relation relation you know uh, to the Black Panthers. And Asada, um, but in this case, he looks up uh, what seven means, you know, and he finds that it, it, you know, has this spiritual aspect to it, dimension um, of perfection. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just no, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, we, and we see that again, you know, in, in Doug, right, with Star, you know, and um, what's that? Takani. Takani Khalil. You know, uh, no supporters here, right? But you have to wonder where is baby Khalil, right? Um, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like all that. You know, there's a lot of kind of, um, you could call it like a fan service, right? Because, you know, those of us who are fans of, of Doug and even on the come up to some degree, you know, this is again the same universe. And so we're seeing more of the way Garden was when it was first starting up. You know when King was is still young, but yeah. already making moves. Yeah, that's that that uh that prequel element, right? Where you see Darth Vader before he's Darth Vader, right? And then all the kind of like the plays and moves he makes to become to get to that to lead him on the path that gets him to that point that we see in the later work, or in some right. cases the earlier work, right? <laughs> It's always fun, funny talking about prequels and sequels that way. Yeah, and in a way that isn't forced, you know, because I know that some people complain about how, you know, Anakin came off as very melodramatic. And, you know, I think in this novel, unlike that, you know, um, Mav is, is genuine. You know, um, he he's not, he doesn't seem like he's on rails in the sense that, no matter what happens, you know, he's going to end up this way. I think it's very um, tenuous. And then how King is like this big shadow over him, right? Um, mm. What other connections did you all make? The come up. Oh, they t- a quick question. Aside, and aside, mm-hmm. you talked about like fan service. Um, the come up on the come up. I haven't read it, but it's it's about. Um, right. girl trying to start a rap career is is that her father that they're listening to like the cd yeah right yes. mm-hmm. yeah great. Lol, yeah okay i'm just okay mm-hmm. i'm just making that connection because i i haven't mentioned it, but you just you just um 
I, I, I had to ask, like, yeah. oh, is, it, is that a connection? Yeah. Just because I haven't read it yet. Well, I don't, it's, I don't think it's her, not the father, but it's like, he represents her, no? Cause, oh, like, so he, he makes an appearance in the he, book. Yes, because like she, she raps against his son, Lawless's oh. son. And then she, she ends up like winning. And so Lawless mm. decides to represent her instead, oh, wow. I think, of the son. Cool. Oh, wow. Damn, Andrew Thomas is building <laughs> yeah, a whole universe should... up in here. It's like it's <laughs> right. like in the MCU, and like there's these references right. that that link and, up, and you get that post credit scene too. Um, wait, uh, Vanessa, did you have like other connections uh, to like works of fiction or pop culture? Um, can't think of anything off the top of my head other than the hate you give, obviously. <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, so there's like, um, I guess, well, okay. So Lisa's brother, Carlos, um, Maverick calls him Carlton because he's, I guess, <laughs> very similar to Carlton in the show. Um, I think, I think partly because of like, um, how he's in everyone's, in all of Lisa's business, I guess, is a major part of it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm scrolling through the, um, the novels we've covered, you know, and I'm also reminded of uh, We Cast a Shadow. Um, you know, kind of similar, right, in that you have a kind of um, father-son relationship. And, um, you know, the difference being that in that one, it's, it's, a, it's a dystopia. But I think, um, you know, I think... And I think Maurice has even, you know, tweeted about this, but that, you know, a lot of what happens in that novel is based on things that are happening today, right? And so thinking about, um, you know, um, what we had after George Floyd, right, which was some, some, uh, so much awareness about Black Lives Matter, you know, after the, the movement was kind of discounted for being you know, um, you know, stereotype for like being too, too militaristic or, or not, or on the other side, like, um, you know, co-opted, right. By, by commercial and, and corporate interests where it kind of was kind of whitewashed in a way. Um, so, um, you know, I think discussing this novel within that context would be really a fruitful discussion. Uh, I think students would have a lot to say about that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I was thinking of. And, you know, with Carlos, I was also thinking of like, um, you know, black Klansmen, right. And how you have black cops and um, how is it that they navigate that world um, as well? Yeah. Great, great times. Uh yeah, I mean, with with the Black Lives Matter movement and and all the protests that that erupted in 2020, like, I mean, the hate, the hate you. I mean, obviously before that too, we talked a lot about um, when we talked the hate you give, but still, mm -hmm. still relevant here. Yeah, because you know, one of the criticisms is like when someone says, "Well, you know, this cop killed this person or shot this person," you know, they'll say, "Well, what about black on black violence?" Right, and 
so it's something to think about with this novel, you know, unpacking that, uh, that criticism, right. And seeing, well, what does that mean then? Um, so I think it'd, it'd be great discussion of like the criminal justice system about, you know, like you were saying, Vanessa, the, the, the gang dynamics and, um, um, how the environment, right, is so uh, restrictive for them uh, because of, the, of those lack of opportunities. And um, which is why I think it's also good to kind of have a character still in school, right, where he can still um, be influenced by literacy sponsors, right, whether it's teachers or counselors. And, you know, we opened this discussion by talking about um, our first impressions. And Vanessa, you mentioned um, Angie's style, that um, you really liked. Uh, and one of the things I think that sounds out to me in this one more so than in Hate You Give is like the, the comedy, right? You know, there's so much, whether it's uh, allusions to her own work where but, or just in and of itself, right? That kind of, it's almost um, Seinfeld in, in a way that, you know, um, him, Maverick struggles being a dad, um, a lot of other, you know, lighthearted moments, right? So this novel, I think in to some degree, unlike Hate You Give, isn't as heavy as Hate You Give because of that. Yeah, right on. Well, I think I think we can we can uh, hit pause here, and um, you know next time go into maybe the first and second part. Um, but you know, those of you who are listening, um, so if you're in El Paso, you know the cool thing is that they're actually going to screen "Hit You Give" at the Coliseum as part of like a drive-in thing that they're doing, which is really cool, and it's also part of Black History Month in conjunction with. Um, uh, several organizations, I think like El Paso, Young El Paso Black Leaders and others, and I think UTEP's own chapter of that. Um, so um, if you're in El Paso, you know, you might be interested in checking that out. I think, um, you know, drive-ins are just a lot safer, obviously. Um, but otherwise, you know, we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep talking about, um, we'll dig into the first the first half of Angie's book. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Literally Literary, brought to you by Border Census and Power at the Pass. This episode, we discussed Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. If you haven't read it, we hope we inspire you to pick up a copy. Join us on our next episode as we continue discussing the novel. Follow us on Instagram at literallyliterary.ep and on Twitter at literallylit.ep.